Hi, and welcome to another episode of the ULI Toronto Electric Cities podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Warson. Less than two years ago, the Toronto Raptors brought home its first NBA championship, marking the first time in league history that the basketball title was won by a team from outside the United States. On a somewhat smaller scale, although no less exciting, in early April of this year, a team of five graduate students from three Toronto universities won the prestigious Urban Land Institute Heinz Student Competition, and along with it, a grand prize of $50,000. And like the Raptors' historic win, this was the first time the competition was won by a team from outside the United States. News of this win had this town buzzing once again, particularly for all of us in Toronto's planning and development industry. This annual ULI competition began 18 years ago, inspiring smart, emerging young planners and designers from many of the best universities across North America to come up with bold yet realistic solutions to real world urban planning challenges. And so it brings me tremendous pleasure to have with me the entire student team that won this incredible prize for 2021. The five graduate students are Francis Grout Brown and Leora Klein, both studying urban planning at Ryerson University, Ruten Tan, an urban design student, and Chen Yi Zhu, an architecture student, both at the University of Toronto, Daniel's Faculty of Architecture, Landscape and Design, and Yan Lin Zhou, a student at York University's Master of Real Estate and Infrastructure program. Also joining me are the group's two academic supervisors, Stephen Weber and Victor Perez Amado both assistant professors at Ryerson University's School of Urban and Regional Planning. To all of you, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, on the theme of um, historic first, this is this is the first time for me, having done more than 40 ULI Toronto podcasts to date, that I'm doing it with more than two guests, two guests. Um, it's also the first time I'm doing a podcast over a Zoom call so, um, so that we can all see each other. It's great to see you. For our audiences at home, this will still be an audio-only podcast, but maybe we'll tease you with a video clip or two. So stay tuned. I just want to start off by reiterating, you know, it was really amazing to hear of this news uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, you beat out some of the best planning schools in, in Canada in in United States and in Singapore, um, as I read, this is the first time the prize is has come outside uh, United States in Canada. That's quite an, an impressive feat, and the grand prize of fifty thousand dollars American. What I don't know what is that in Canadian dollars? Have you guys figured that out? I think it's sixty-three, sixty-three thousand. I think we looked like right away. <laughs> fifty-three thousand Canadian. Wow. Yeah, something around there. <laughs> That's amazing. And that you, you beat out 105 teams uh, from 61 universities. So uh, about 50% of them were, uh, I guess, multi-university teams. And let me, let me understand this correctly. You guys only had two weeks uh, to put together your submission. Is that right? Yeah. It was That's a very incredible. short turnaround. Yeah. A very, that's incredibly short. 
So all that, it was great to hear this new news during this gloomy period, uh, during this pandemic. It really was just a nice sort of diversion or distraction from the daily doses of uh, negative news that we're getting uh, either locally or globally. That was my reaction. That's that's how I felt. I felt terrific hearing of the news. But I want to know how uh, the five of you felt when you first heard that your team had won. Leora, let's start with you. What what was your reaction when you heard that the team had won? So it was, I would say it was pretty instant, uh, pure excitement. Um, it was it was also just the sense of of closure in a weird kind of way in a year where there's felt there's felt to be very little closure in everything that we've done, especially in a lot of us culminating our master's programs. Um, this There was this kind of this one moment of, we've worked so hard together over that two week period that you mentioned, as well as we had one month to kind of refine our final proposal. So worked really hard over that one month as well. And to have it all kind of come together in that one moment that to actually pull through with the win, it was super exciting. And, and honestly, we were so proud of our proposal. Like I think our whole team was, was very, you know, excited and felt like we had really put our best foot forward in the final submission as well as in our final presentation. So yeah, overall, just a, a really great moment and then has led to many fun moments after. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And and what was it like? Now, I'm, I'm seeing all of you in the comforts of your home. What was it like to to hear of the win? Uh, I mean, some of you might live alone. Some of you, uh, you know, might be with significant others. But you know, it's sort of like the opposite of a celebratory kind of environment, you know, you're so what was that like to to be to hear of the news uh, at home without uh, being in the presence of physical presence of your teammates and advisors? I mean, it was uh, that that moment, obviously, it was a bit funny, like to, to a bit here online, we were all kind of online together, heard the news. And then Victor immediately uh, sent out an uh, a Zoom invite, which was awesome. And so we all got to be on our own separate little Zoom call, just celebrating together and just sharing in the excitement. Um, it was definitely like, we're so excited to get to the point that we can meet each other in person um, and actually get to congratulate each other and just spend time together because we spent so much virtual time together. Um, and let me let me understand yeah. this, if I understand correctly. Uh, now, I know you and Francis are both at Ryerson. You know each other. Um, and... Uh, but I think as students from three different universities, the five of you haven't actually met each other in person. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now you have a definite reason to meet each other in person once the once the pandemic is uh, is on its way out. Um, that's fantastic. Anyone else have any any um, experience, any thoughts to share on how you know? Uh, what was it like to, again, I, it's it's just such an amazing win. Anyone else want to pipe up? Yeah, sure. I can I can jump in. Um, Francis, yeah. Yeah, it was so exciting to find out. And I think I was just really happy for the team and for our advisors as well. Kind of like Leora mentioned, I think it's been a tough year for students, but also a tough year for professionals, a tough year for professors. So being able to kind of produce this thing all together and and have it be the winning uh, choice. It just, yeah, it felt very good for everyone that was involved in the process, definitely. Uh, Stephen, I was going to say to Stephen and Victor, uh, as the advisors, what was it like from your perspective? Um, well, from my perspective, it was very exciting. Uh, I remember when I was a student and we did this competition and it was like extremely uh, ecstatic 
So when I saw this team coming together, what they were producing, and, what, and obviously working with Steven was a great experience. But when the students finally presented the prize, I was like, yes, this is going to be the winning competition this year. Oh, you, you uh, knew it. You knew it just seeing I, it. Yeah, because uh, they were presenting so well and uh, they were nailing all the questions that they were, they, that they were being asked uh, that I was like, yes. And the graphics were beautiful. The project was great. So when they, when they finally announced, I was like, oh, we got it. I can't believe it. It was, uh, it was really a, a proud moment for me to see that they all won. And then it was very exciting as well. Especially since you had won as a student when you were, was it at Harvard? Is that right? Yeah. And you, when, when did you win the competition? What year? It was 2012. Okay. So you had some firsthand <laughs> knowledge, experience, and, and you've gone through so, that, that whole experience as well, winning. Stephen, what about for you? What was it like? I was just very happy for them seeing how much work they had put into yeah. the process, the competition. Like, it, it was very, it was a, a just reward given the, um, the effort and the thought and the outcome. So I was, I was just happy for them. There was a, a, a moment where you just think, did they announce fusion? Right? It's like for a second, I don't know anybody else was like, did they really announce the team as the winner? And I thought, wow, they won, which is great. And, and Lior mentioned it a bit before, but also um, it was almost anticlimactic in a way because they announced the winner and then the, the Zoom call just ended. <laughs> it was like, like no. goodbye. Yeah, yeah. And, and there wasn't any, any, like, any real acknowledgement. They said, congratulations, we'll see you next year. So um, I, I, I'm, I was glad we, we got together afterwards and had a nice talk about it and just re recounted what happened and just reveled in the glory of winning it. So, um, yeah, because in, in all of the years, uh, the, 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 um, the winners are brought to a stage, I guess they have a big event and, you know, the flash photography goes off and yeah. lots of hugs and uh, you, you had none of that. Uh, so good on you for organizing a Zoom call immediately after, at least to kind of uh, pick up the momentum of the win. Yeah. So we, let's, sorry, go ahead. We had, we had a celebratory uh, virtual drink with all the students, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. One drink, okay. One drink. End <laughs> <laughs> of the times. Well, I, hopefully you'll have more after when you, when you meet again. Um, so for Stephen and Victor, let's, let's start with you. I want to I wanna spend a few minutes and have you walk me through what this competition is all about. Uh, some of our listeners know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know. Um, why don't you set the, set the framework? Well, the, um, it's an annual competition that's put on by the ULI and the intention is to provide students with an opportunity to work on a challenging redevelopment site, usually redevelopment site. Um, the, um, the focus is also on this being a multidisciplinary competition. So we had to have a minimum of three different disciplines represented on the teams. So, and it fosters that interaction. So students get to understand, design gets to understand how the, the numbers work. The planners get to understand how the design works and vice versa. So it's just a way, it's, um, it's set up in a way that encourages students to tackle challenging development opportunities um, in a local context, right? So it's not just a theoretical the sites given to them. And this year it was a downtown site in Kansas City, which like many American cities, um, trying to attract investment and redevelopment to their urban cores 
And the focus was on, in particular, trying to reconnect the downtown with the surrounding neighborhoods. And um, so, but, so the competition really focuses on just providing students with a, a, a challenging opportunity to work on a site that usually is, um, is, is something that's been identified by local officials as a site that is of interest to redevelop and just to generate ideas. Mm. And um, it's set up as a, um, it's almost like a charrette. It's like a, an RFP in a way. They, they're given the, um, the, the, the briefing book on a Monday and they have two weeks from mm. that day to come up with a proposal and submit it. So it's a very intense two weeks process. So how is the how is the site in Kansas City chosen out of you know numerous locations across North America? How how, how does that happen? Well, yeah. uh, the ULI has a committee every year, and uh, and they choose different American cities per year. So last year was Miami. Another one uh, when I did it was in Houston. Where so it, one time was in Toronto. So I think it, they picked different cities depending on what's um, the, the, I don't know how they picked them, but they picked them based on probably demographics, probably necessities of the, that, are, that are happening, and also the opportunities that are of redevelopment that are, that are needed within those uh, metropolis. And are the lands typically, are they privately owned? Are they publicly owned? How does, you said, I guess in the case of Kansas City, is it the city of Kansas City that, I guess, submits their... Uh, their site as a as a case study, or how, how did that how does that come about? Um, not necessarily publicly owned; it's privately owned. Like in Toronto, the site was the Unilever, the Unilever site. In the oh, East Harbor, yeah, right. Yeah, so that was so. Um, it's less um, whether it's publicly owned and more the strategic location and the opportunity to encourage catalytic, catalytic type of development. I mean, th they're trying to attract investment and in a way that's sustainable, um, socially responsible, all these factors. And also because it's ULI and dealing with development, it has to make economic sense. The, the prize money, 50,000 to the winning team, and I think it's 10,000 to the other finalists. I, I'm not, I'm per not team. yeah, yes. per team. It's a lot of money. And of course, in Canadian dollars, even more money. But why is it so much? I'm not that it, it's not deserved, but mm -hmm. where is the money coming from? It, it's all, it's quite a lot. Well, they were mentioning that actually at the beginning of the competition this year uh, because of Gerald Hines passing away. So the money comes from Gerald uh, Hines, uh, the corporation. And they wanted to, when they founded the, the competition with ULI, they wanted to do a robust uh, program that, uh, that involved, as Steven said, uh, the financial aspect, the urban design aspect of a project, uh, bringing different types of constituents like transportation, housing, et cetera. But at the same time, to make it um, um, robust in the sense of uh, giving a, a good amount of price that was going to capture the best teams around in, uh, the entire North American continent. And uh, so that all that money comes from, uh, from, the, uh, from the corporation. Yep. And what what's uh, what are the requirements to to participate in this competition? Do you have to be a graduate student of a planning program? Are there any other? What's the process to get um, to get involved, Stephen? Um, it's um, not just planning. It's um, any type of program that has a focus that would be relevant to the competition. So, business schools, urban design, architecture. Um, the, the the main requirement is 
they have to be graduate students. I that's, see. That's that's essentially, and um, I think that's that's the only. I mean, does anybody else have any ideas? I think that's really it. We just have to recruit students who are currently enrolled yeah. in graduate programs, and they have to be multidisciplinary, though. Yeah, they yes, have to have come to. from different uh, different professions. It could be architecture with landscape architecture, urban design, or planning. With but they have to. You have to have different skills within the within the um, within the project. Right, a minimum of three disciplines. Yeah, exactly. Minimum of three disciplines. So let's yeah. talk about the recruitment process, which in okay. itself is quite something. Um, yes. Stephen or Victor, I'm not sure which one of you led that. Uh, uh, but how did you go about choosing? the five who, who um, these five talented students. Um, and more importantly, how did you, you know, you, you, you kind of gather them from three of the planning schools in Toronto, not just your own, not just Ryerson, but you, you reached out to, you know, U of T and, and York. Usually when there's university competitions, it's one university against the other. But in this case, you, you, you chose to form a multi-university team. How, how did you go about doing that? Oh boy, <laughs> it, it was it was quite a process. Um, I can tell you, it almost didn't happen because we need to get. Well, actually, what happened was um, we decided at Ryerson to run this through our studio course. So we we had basically we asked graduate planning students who were enrolled in the studio, would you like to be part of this competition? So the first challenge was that we had more students who wanted to be involved with the part in the competition than we could accept. So I had to go through a process of selecting students based on basically statement of purpose, statement of interest. Why did they want to be involved? Okay. So that was the planning side. Um, Victor can talk about the, the design side. Yeah. So um, Stephen and I have been collaborating on this class since last year when we also uh, run the same studio and, I'm, and I was a, a co-advisor. Um, so I brought the architecture and urban design students. Um, I was previously teaching at the U UFT Daniels faculty. I was teaching urban design. Oh, so, okay. So I knew Rotian and Chenji as my students. Um, so I invited them to participate with, uh, with the Ryerson um, um, team. I was like, oh, would you like to, to participate in this competition? It's like, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, but I, we want to work together. I'm like, yes, so definitely you will work together. Uh, and that's how it happened. I, I, I said to Steve, we have two strong um, candidates from UFD, and that's I think will make the, the the group really really good contestants for this. Uh, yeah. But you also needed a fifth. Um, yes. yes, and we were on late. <laughs> that's Steve's <Yes>. job. <laughs> yeah. Um, last year we had a a student from UFT Rotman, Clarence, who was involved. And I reached, he actually reached out to me after the competition last year and said, because it, the, the, the most challenging aspect is, is finding the, the business students. And um, so Clarence said, I have some people, he passed on some names and um, it just worked that Lynn was one of the individuals. I don't know how Lynn was recruited by Clarence, but um, Lynn's name just showed up in my email one day and I said, great. And, um, but then the challenge was also because I was, we were responsible for three teams. So I had 15 students and I'm sitting there like a nut, like matching people up based on their skills, their experience. And I spent way too much time <laughs> thinking about it. And I wound up with three teams. And I guess in a way it worked out well because this is one of the teams that was put together. So I didn't realize you had two other teams. Yes, we had wow. three teams competing. Yes. 
Oh, how about that? Okay. Also, yeah. again, Ryerson, UFT, York, or wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, essentially. Yeah. We were like so, recruiting um, students from from all these universities. Yeah. So um, and that so like I said, it's just almost very serendipitous that this group wound up together, and I'm glad they did because they gelled and it worked out well. So amazing. Tell me yeah. about the um, inputs of the two professional advisors who are not on this call, Raymond Lee and Christina Giannoni. What was their involvement? How did they help? Um, Christina was actually involved in a team that I advised a few years ago that received an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. So she was part of a, a multi-university team a few years ago. And I reached out to her because she had experience and now she's working for Port Credit West Village Partners. They're doing a big redevelopment out in Port Credit. And mm-hmm. she has experience working on large scale projects. And she's very good at performance. And I thought, well, good. We need a performer person to help out. So I approached Christina and she said yes. And Raymond Lee is a grad of our undergrad program who um, went off to England working for Weston Williamson now. He's, they're based in London. He, he's back here opening up a Toronto office. And I thought of Raymond because he has a lot of experience with master planning. He's very, very good with basically conceptualizing what a master plan would look like. He has good design experience. And also Raymond is involved in the bidding process, you know, competitions, submitting proposals. I thought the combination would work well because Raymond had that package of experience and I asked him to be involved and he immediately said yes. So that's, that's how we got them. Amazing. I mean, you've, you've really assembled an A-team um, from, you know, pro- from the, the professionals, yourselves, the students. It's, it's really in- incredible to, to see what it takes to put together a, um, an A plus team. And I, I've seen the product. It really is amazing. I, I watched the video presentation that you, you, uh, the final one to the jury, it is really something else. And, you know, I, you know, I was a graduate student 20 years ago. I, I, I just, I can't imagine that we would have had the, 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 the know-how or the, certainly not the technology, but just the, the level of sophistication is really something and so I'm kind of curious, maybe Victor, you can tell me a little bit about the university, the courses that are being taught these days and how they're, how they're really pushing the students to, to meet their, 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 their optimum and what they're doing to prepare the students for um, their careers. Yeah, one of the, the really um, um, interesting or unique um, parts of uh, um, our program the School of Urban and Regional Planning is that we are offering studios every year for students in, in urban planning, which is not, um, which is done very rarely in other schools in North America. And this is the case for this uh, competition. It was part of a studio, um, a studio, a grad studio. Uh, and in it, we always bring uh, different constituents around from around the city where students are participating with them and creating real time projects where they are kind of like rolling up their sleeves and working with uh, engineers, with architects, with urban designers. So at the end of the day, students get really a, a, a really good foundation when it, when it comes out to, to in, in practice. Um, and it's a case for this for this class for this uh, for this competition where all the students in different practices have to come together 
and create something that it's uh, that it's physical, but at the same time, it uh, involves a lot of research and a lot of uh, demographic understanding. Um, so I think that's one of the most unique parts that have been evolving a lot in our school uh, since it was, uh, I guess, founded. And Stephen can has uh, more experience than I do because I started one year ago, but uh, I think that's uh, how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the way that has been, that our program is structured. And all the classes are catered for, for that, for students to, to come out with all these uh, really avant-garde and interesting ideas. Yeah, because that's, that's kind of um, something I was thinking about as I was looking at the material and listening to the presentation is, um, you know, where are, they get, where are they getting this level of sophistication? I mean, they're obviously very talented, but it is reflective of the programs that they're in. And yeah. um, I mean, it's a testament to... Uh, the university programs, and obviously to yourselves. So um, that's that's really great to hear. I I, I know this, the five of you, the students are are sort of anxiously waiting to to tell their side of the story. So why don't we um, why don't we why don't we start with Francis? Um, uh, now again, I took I, as I said, I, I looked at your submission, and so what I understand is is your submission. It was called Team Fusion. Um, this is about trying to create an inclusive and resilient mixed-use community, and it's all centered around food and the and the food industry or related industries. Tell me more about that concept that that your team came up with, and how it aligns with the objectives for this year's competition. Uh, yeah, I can definitely speak to that. Um, one of the main elements of the challenge brief was about strengthening adjacent communities. So when we div- did our kind of deep dive research um, into the city, we noticed that there's a lot of food deserts that kind of surround the site, but on top of um, the issues of food security and um, food access, there's a lot of community organizations that are already operating in that space. And so there's a lot of really creative entrepreneurship that's happening in the city. And so one thing with our site is we really wanted to anchor it in strengthening the existing um, skills and knowledge that are already in the city rather than bringing in something that's completely new. So we really wanted to kind of anchor our site and providing a space to build up local businesses um, and connect more of those organizations together. So that's kind of why we anchored it um, in the food industry. And they also have a very rich history in terms of food and agriculture. So kind of connecting the past and the present, um, that was definitely a, a big element to our site. Well, um, to Stephen and Victor, let me just get you to butt in just for a second. I, I noticed that not that food wasn't only uh, unique to, to this team's submission, but it was a, a kind of a common theme for a number of finalists and honorable mentions to Stephen and Victor. Why do you think that this team stood out uh, beyond the others, um, given that all the other, a number of other teams had similar food-related submissions? Um, I think one of the um, parts of the project that was that um, really stood out was the equity and diversity portion of the project. Um, with all the events that have been happening since last year, um, the students were really good at understanding the demographics of Kansas City and understanding who are living around these areas and what income level of uh, it's surrounding the city. So they were really good at providing type of housing, types of um, amenities for these uh, communities, 
types of uh, ways of integrating and, and, and connecting them to it. So it's, I think it was more the demographic and the, 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 the aspect of uh, what are they providing to the, to the citizens that actually live there that made it really, really strong. Okay, well, back to you, Francis. Uh, I understand you were assigned to be the team lead. And so uh, in that capacity, uh, how did you go about leading the team? What was involved? It was really a team effort. I think for the team lead, it was uh, a lot of spoken like a true leader. (laughs) It was a lot of communicating back and forth with uh, the ULI competition team. So that was definitely my role as team lead. But in terms of how we organize ourselves as a team, it was really a, a team effort um, and just making sure we're all pitching in to help each other's work, making sure we're on track. So everyone kind of stepped up to lead the team in different ways. I can't, I can't say that I was exactly the team lead, but um, yeah, we just happened to honestly work really well together as a team and vocalize what our skills are that we can bring to the table. And uh, it worked out that way. Well, in any team dynamic, there's always going to be differences of opinion, sometimes um, stronger than others. Uh, did you ever run into those kind of situations where, you know, you, you had, you, you, you saw one person saw things differently than another and you had to sort it out? I think there was probably definitely times where uh, if I didn't understand the visual software that Rotian and Chenny were using, um, there's probably times where I'm suggesting things, not actually understanding how much time uh, it would take to put in something. So I'm sure Rotian and Chen Yu can speak to that, where they definitely had to tell us sometimes, like, no, that's not realistic within the time frame of our competition. So I'll leave that to, yeah, Rotian, if you want to talk about that. And I think, yeah, as Frankie mentioned, we have a very great team and we have outstanding researchers that can give us a very detailed information that we need for the designing a proposal. And actually the designing process is fairly easier than do it by ourselves because they prepare everything we need about the culture, the history, the demographic uh, index and the financial targets we want to achieve. And we can just follow in this information and make the proposal like uh, works well in terms of the density, in terms of the budget. And I, yeah, I think that's a crucial point that we work as a team running very well during this competition. Well, it's very humble of you to say that it was actually easier than the others. Cause I mean, looking at it, it is that the level of detail uh, in those, uh, some of those graphics, I, I mean, I was just, um, you know, my jaw dropped looking at some of them. And I encourage all of our listeners to go to, um, ULI, look up uh, Student Heinz Competition 2021 winners. You'll, you'll see all the material and you'll be able to see the video. Really inc- impressive stuff. Uh, and again, two weeks. You had two weeks to do it. Infrastructure Ontario, we hire consultants every year to do designs for us. They don't do it in two weeks. They spend a lot more than that. So I think... Very, just, uh, to put, just to mention just real quickly, it's two weeks to submit the proposal and then they were selected as one of the final four teams. So they went through a rehearsal jury process where they were given feedback as to how to improve okay. their submission. So that so basically they, they, the intense two weeks took place, but then after they were announced as a, final, a finalist, it went on for how long, six weeks or whatever. It was pretty nonstop after that. Incredible. And this again, on top of um, 
on top of your other schoolwork, which you're trying to get done in order to graduate. I guess for Chen Yi, who's you're sitting quietly between you and Rutan, both of you are design. You're both in, in kind of the design world. Um, you're in uh, architecture and Rutan is urban design, both design oriented. How did you guys kind of distinguish w- your roles in doing all this? Um, actually, Tai is urban designer, so he focused on the design layout and concepts. Mm-hmm. And I mainly focus on the, uh, the more detailed architectural design and some natural rendering work and some diagram. So we just we doing a different work, but we we are cooperating very well. Yeah, actually, Chen Yi and I uh, are the very close friend in in the real world. So we we know how to cooperate with each other because we have experience before that. Oh, working together that well that certainly helps. Okay, well, uh, Leora, you're a student of urban planning which is obviously a, um, a lot more diverse and maybe a little less specific. Tell me about what you drew from, like from your program in urban planning and everything you know about urban planning to date. How, how did you take what you've learned and apply it to this, this uh, competition and this yeah, team effort? For sure. So I, I think it was actually just a really unique experience being able to be like still in school and then directly applying those learnings. So I think a big thing that Francis and I focused on was kind of bringing the policy and research lens. So just making sure we had a deep understanding of the policy context within Kansas City, where we were operating, and also just taking like walks through Google Maps, trying to mm-hmm. understand the space, the character, um, understand the demographics, and really just as uh, Tan alluded to earlier, just really build that foundation so that when we created this really hyper-local proposal, we felt like it was really rooted in the community and the community needs without us having actually physically been there or really spoken to anyone, which is obviously a really unique context because that would never really happen in real life. But Mm -hmm. it was a a really good uh, starting ground, I guess, for us to be able to apply the skills that we built over the last uh, two years. And typically in these ULI Heinz student competitions, the students never actually visit the site unless they're from the local area. Is Is that right? I believe so, but I think Victor, there was uh, you guys got to visit once you were finalists, right? Yes. It, normally, the ULI competitions, what they do is after you're selected on the first round of two weeks, they fly you to whatever the competition is taking place. Um, they give you some sort of um, site visits. They give you a, a couple of uh, conferences where you meet uh, people from the industry, from transportation, from housing engineers, realtors, um, and they give you, again, feedback on your project as well as they, they t- talk to you about the, the area. So that's what would normally happen. And then during the final stage, you go back to, in this case would be Kansas City, and you present the project to the entire um, committee or the mm. panel of reviewers. So I guess, Leora, what, what was the biggest challenge then for you in, in doing all that research and thinking about the context uh, of the site and and the, and the challenges that uh, presented presented themselves to you. So I, I would honestly position it as less of a challenge, but more just us being able to bring our different skill sets and work together as a team. So in doing all of that research, we had to make sure that everything that Francis and I were learning on that research side, and, and Lynn was also doing a ton of research as well, 
was actually being translated into the, de the design and build of the site. Mm -hmm. And so it was about, I guess, visually communicating our findings along the way and making sure that we were able to transfer all that knowledge into the site design and then also build that into our narrative. So this is, you know, the project has a lot of moving pieces, but in the end, unless you can visualize it or communicate it, all these little ideas that we have percolating in the background aren't making it to the forefront. Um, and so I think that that was, I guess, a challenge that, that we came across, but I think we actually did a really good job over those two weeks, which seemed like an eternity in a way, like we were meeting so often and talking so often that we had so many opportunities to kind of work through that um, and I think get to a really strong end product. Well, that, that actually um, uh, raises a good point. Two weeks, time pressure, you have other obligations in school and elsewhere. Um, how did you organize yourselves? How did you, uh, you know, dive into this both feet and just take it on uh, with very little time? What was, what was the biggest challenge in, in that regard? That was where our team leader came in. Oh, okay. Francis. <laughs> Perhaps I'm a bit more uh, competitive, so <laughs> I was a bit maybe pushy at times. Um, but no, I think we really were open to communicating a lot and just making sure that I understood when people were free. So that at the beginning, I think was key to just accommodate everyone's schedule because it is really difficult having three different schools all different programs, uh, we all operate very differently. So just mm. making sure at the beginning, we're kind of all on the same page and getting an idea of other people's schedules. And yeah, that was definitely within my role of, of helping to accommodate everyone and, and set those times so that it, it works out and to make it also an enjoyable experience, just because we're spending so much time on it um, is quite stressful, but we wanted to make sure that it was a learning experience and that we actually like enjoyed spending all that time on it. Sounds like such a mature answer. Um, I mean, did you ever uh, did you ever fear that you're you're not going to be able to meet the deadline? That you're not going to be able to deliver or produce a product that meets your expectations and your what you were set out to achieve? Um, I guess there's always that kind of last minute anxiety that happens. Definitely, that the group probably witnessed all together. But towards the end, I think we're quite comfortable with it. And um, yeah, we have a lot of words of encouragement uh, from our uh, advisors. So um, there's definitely some anxiety, but it, as we went along in the process and became more comfortable, that kind of did, uh, I think, go away. Okay. Yeah, and Lynn, I wanted to ask you, you know, we were talking about, um, it's really great to have beautiful designs um, which are spectacular. It's great to have these wholesome ideas, uh, urban planning ideas that stitch the neighborhood together um, and, you know, premised on a really, uh, really uh, well-researched theme. But if the numbers don't work, the whole project falls apart and, you know, and then you walk away and no one's interested. So tell me what was involved for you um, in building the performa and, and thinking through the performa, what was, what was, what was your role in, in getting that um, developed? Um, sure. So for me, um, I was mainly working on the market research, understanding the supply and demand on the uh, local market. Um, so uh, at the beginning of the, um, the first week, I was solely working on the market research, understand what are the major industries in Kansas City, what are the target demographic profiles to understand our um, housing product uh, mix. Um, and then uh, another part is understand the cost because uh, 
the development cost and infrastructure um, cost is, um, is a huge part to determine the financial feasibility. Um, and uh, we um, and then the determine the capital stack because we have 30% of affordable housing and a community center on site, which uh, the rent is below market. So how to make that financially feasible? Uh, we have to justify the the public-private partnership, what kind of funding sources are available for this site. And then uh, this, this project is in US context. So the challenging part for me is to figure out uh, doing the research on the local context um, of those uh, US um, funding sources. And then uh, the last part is to make sure the return is accessible, uh, 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 acceptable for our JV uh, investors. We're looking at in institutional investors like pension fund um, because we think this project can definitely fulfill their return and the ESG targets. Um, so that's uh, how I make it work. Well, it's to make it work is a real, it's, that's a real accomplishment. Um, you know, did you ever have to push back on, you know, the lofty, I'm going to say lofty, I'm sure they weren't, but, you know, great ideas and say, you know what, we, we just can't do this. We, we have to change our direction. We have to fine tune. Did you, you know, did you use the performa, the, the financials to, to kind of say, uh, we got to rethink this or did things just, everything just move smoothly along, along that two week uh, time frame? I think things uh, move pretty smooth uh, for us, uh, surprisingly. Um, but we do have received the feedback from our uh, jury saying that our phasing strategy, um, the first phase is a little bit too heavy. So we, we kind of adjust that in our uh, second proposal. So we lower the, the residential density um, in our second proposal. So that's how, yeah, how it works. Okay, well, I saw the video. It sounded like you were presenting to a very distinguished um, body of jurors. Um, and I think these jurors are, you know, they're from, they're seasoned veterans, you know, they're, they're leaders in industry from across the United States, primarily. Um, when you presented, did they push back on any of the aspects of your, uh, did they question, did they challenge uh, the financials, the design, the concept? Tell me, tell me about that process. I think they did challenge us on the funding sources. Um, uh, I remember one of the questions they raised is, you have a large uh, portion of the community garden landscape and how are you gonna um, make it financially feasible um, in a long run? So that is actually a very challenging question. Um, I, I did response that we will have the TIF financing and also um, some of the original grants to support this uh, site. And also, uh, we also generated the revenue from office and the retail and other um, asset classes. Um, but this is definitely a, a challenging question. Mm -hmm. And what was it like, you, you mentioned you did uh, market research. Um, what was the hardest part in doing the market research and making sure that your information was accurate? Because there's so many inputs that one needs to gather in order to, to develop a, a robust model. Yeah, I would say uh, unfamiliarity with the local context and also the time pressure is, uh, is a challenge because um, I, I think financial needs to be done in the first week, uh, have a basic understanding. So uh, we I only have like two to three days to figure out all the numbers. 
Um, and then there are a lot of uh, sources available online, um, but how you can um, determine the, um, the market, because there's a wider range of the, the area. So you kind of need to get familiar with the, the whole, um, whole region in a very short time. Well, uh, again, it's, it, it's a phenomenal concept. Uh, it just visually and just the performa itself and, and the way that you described it, I mean, the whole package as Victor, as you pointed out, you just knew that this was going to be a winning submission. And I, I remember thinking uh, when you uh, watching the video of your presentation, thinking, I want to see this happen. I mean, I, I've never been to Kansas city, but just looking at the, the site, uh, it's a fairly empty site. It's uh, about 25 parcels. It's, it's a very large area, but tantalizing for a developer. Um, what happens now with this concept? You put in all this work, does it just sit on a, does it, as they say, collect dust? Or, or what does ULI, Heinz, ULI, what do they do with it? Or what does the city do with it? Well, I, I think it serves as a basis for further discussion. It, it's um, something that can be used in in policy discussions, planning discussions moving forward. Um, it, it's basically um, fresh set of eyes coming into a city, fresh young eyes, you know, not not jaded by years of experience, and just um, using their instincts and knowledge and education to come up with a good idea that raised some concepts that probably could be considered viable moving forward. And I'm you can also talk, Francis and Lior can talk about, you actually presented to the ULI Kansas City people and talk about how that was received as well, so. Yeah, it was It was honestly a great, uh, it was like the first conversation that we had coming out of winning. And so it kind of felt, okay, there's actually momentum here. Like people want to talk about this. It was actually just really nice to hear from them right away. And so we presented, I think there was um, one of the jury members was from Kansas City. And so he was leading this conversation um, with ULI Kansas City. And it actually attracted like a pretty big audience. I want to say it was like, I think like around 50 people there. Uh, Francis, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like something around that. And so it was like a big audience and there was, it was they were really engaged. They asked a lot of questions um, less so like questions to dig into the numbers and more so questions to just unpack our ideas. Like, what were you thinking about this pedestrian spine? Um, what were you thinking around like, you know, this like community food hub? It was a really, I think like productive and just really nice conversation for, for us to just be able to provide more detail um, on the development. And it, they seemed to have a really great response. There were no specific next steps coming out of the conversation, but I, I agree with Victor that I think it kind of serves as a basis for future discussion. Well, Victor, you're a past champion, and you've you've got a good perspective of other past champions. Have any of the uh, past work from previous years over the 18 year history of this of this competition have any of them translated into um, shovels in the ground uh, or, or anything more material? Um, not necessarily shoveled like the entire full project, but maybe like pieces of it, or as Steven was mentioning, ideas or portions of it. For example, in the case of Kansas City, I, there has been uh, talks about the redevelopment of that area. I saw online that there were, there were even proposals for a stadium. Uh, so I think that uh, these new um, approaches are a way for the city to, to see that there are new ways of uh, developing these sites, providing housing, providing uh, park spaces for, for the actual community to, 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 to be in this area, uh, mm -hmm. rather than just making a, a big 
megastructure in it. Right. Um, and the same happened in, uh, for example, in the case of uh, when I was a student in, uh, in Houston, we proposed a, 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 like a park, and that's the piece of it, that, a park that, that was for flooding. Um, and that's the piece that's, uh, that they did in the, on the river. Uh, or eventually got developed in that sense because the river was really flooding every year and um, destroying uh, uh, private properties, right? So I think in the case of Kansas, it's a, it's a good way of showing the city what they can do uh, well, differently. How, how about that? And to actually see a, a segment of your presentation adopted and, and incorporated yeah. in, in Houston. Um, I guess to the five students, any of you, if you were to extract one piece from your presentation, uh, maybe not the whole thing, but what what most of all would you love to see um, come to life on the site? Sure. Um, I personally really loved our community center. Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of the building we chose to do as our iconic building. So Chenyi designed it with um, definitely a bit of different architecture, so it stands out. And that's really kind of the gateway between the downtown and then the adjacent community. So once you're coming into downtown over the highway loop, you see this big community center. And I think for us, that's like very representative of what we wanted the site to be. And so having social infrastructure as a signal for when you're entering a downtown area, um, I think that was definitely one of my favorite uh, elements of the site that I'd love mm -hmm. to, to see replicated. Um, I would say the vertical garden, uh, food research innovation hub, and also the food hall, I think it provide a very robust uh, food ecosystem to the local community. So I really hope that it can come to uh, reality in the future. One other thing that I'll just add, just on top of what uh, Francis said about the community center, one thing that came up in our, um, I think it was our practice round with the practice jury, um, one of the jury members raised that our uh, that our community center actually looked a lot like a stadium, which was funny because yeah. a stadium was like a really prominent feature of some of the other proposals. Actually, sure. two of the four <laughs> finalists featured stadiums, and so I don't even think we had really realized it at the time. But then once you once she said it, we couldn't kind of unsee it. It was very obvious that there was almost like an ode to a mm. stadium type design there, um, but it was very much like rooted in our you know, sites values of serving the community rather than just being a state. <laughs> okay, well, I, I have a, just a few more questions, but um, now that you're all uh, champions and, and a heck of a lot richer, what what do you hope to, to do after you graduate? And you're all, some of, I guess all of you are graduating this year, or maybe some of you have another year. Um, are you now more inclined than ever to pursue a career in this industry? Francis, you want to start with you? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in definitely the community-driven planning and, and particularly housing. And I really enjoyed getting to work kind of on these two elements of this site. So that's definitely um, an area that I'm uh, interested uh, in the future. And just from a personal level, I just really enjoyed getting to learn about a city that I didn't previously know about. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that also being like new to Toronto just before the pandemic, I'm excited to get to know more and experience Toronto as hopefully um, things mm -hmm. get better, perhaps later in the summer. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay. Yeah. And Lynn, what about yourself? Uh, well, I have a background in uh, urban planning. I worked in development industry for three years. So I'm looking at uh, development jobs uh, after graduation. 
Um, I, I really hope that I can work in the local developer working on master planning um, so that I can bring more impactful um, projects uh, and uh, um, bring social benefits to the society. And how do you think that this whole experience, this ULI Hein student competition will shape your your career trajectory or how, how do you think it's benefited you uh, as you as you seek to to continue in your career? Well, first of all, I think um, it's it's a great learning experience, uh, learning from the planners and designer, and I really hone my technical skills in financial modeling, have a holistic understanding of uh, such a large scale projects, how to make it financially work. Um, and then I think it's, it's also a definitely great opportunity for me um, to put my name out there. And I, I feel like these days my LinkedIn notification has <laughs> been pop up, uh, uh, nonstop. So right. I would say that it, it's definitely uh, great to um, let people know, um, especially because I'm pretty new to Toronto. So that's, that's awesome for me. Well, on that note, I, you know, just talking about LinkedIn uh, and how this whole uh, win, this big uh, ULI competition win, it's, it's really, um, I mean, I see it as as uh, a huge springboard to to launch your careers or to you know to really help in promoting your careers. So, you guys really should embrace this, and I'm sure you are. Um, I know everyone in the industry has just. I'm sure we're going to be hearing more of you, but I think you really it. it this is something about pride. Uh, I'm sure all of you are extremely proud of. Uh, of the win and the work that you put into it um, to generate that win. Your, your professors are, are obviously very proud. Um, the professional advisors, the department, the universities, um, and then there's the larger community, which I'm part of the development and planning community in Toronto, where news of this was, is really, really uplifting. And we're all very proud of you, not to mention ULI Toronto and, of course, um, the larger ULI um, family. Um, so, you know, embrace it and uh, celebrate. Hopefully, when this pandemic is all over, you'll finally get a chance to uh, meet each other in person, give yourselves a huge embrace, crack open a bubbly or two, make the most of it because you've really made everyone um, incredibly proud. Uh, and so hats off to all of you. Uh, job well done. So um, with that, thanks so much for, for joining me on, on this podcast and, and all the best. Thanks, Jeremy, for having us on the podcast and for featuring our project. We really appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you very Jeremy. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.